0: Yeah, welcome in, welcome back to another episode of the format podcast got a pretty good show for you here today and a legend call it quits and uh, before we get to that you know what time it is if you haven't already in your here on YouTube please go ahead click that subscribe that like and that notification bell if you enjoy the content please give us that uh, like that five star review and leave a comment and uh, if you want the audio only version of the podcast make sure you open up your audio podcast platform hit the search bar type in the format podcast we should come right up. We're almost there, almost there to the magic numbers of 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 public watch hours. So keep sharing the show, keep clicking that button, keep checking it out. I definitely appreciate all that. And you know what happens when we hit that. We're going to go ahead and we're going to get those live call-in shows started because I definitely want to amp up the experience and make sure I get an opportunity to get with you guys directly. I try to do it through the comments, but being able to actually talk to you, I think it's going to be amazing and take everything to the next level for 2024. So make sure you do all that. I look forward to it and let's get right to it. So we found out last night that um, Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Nick Saban, old Saint Nick, arguably the greatest coach in the history of college football most people say he is I think there might be some slight argument if some other things happen I'll get to that in a bit but in general I think it's fair to say he's the greatest coach in the history of college football and um well he decided he put out the the notice that he is retiring effective immediately from the University of Alabama and um that was a that was a heck of a blow and it's always tough when guys step away, um, retire, resign, what have you from college football because of the way recruiting works, right? So many of the recruits build relationships with that coach and that coaching staff and that scheme. And now you have a situation where when a guy retires or steps away or what have you, it puts the whole recruiting operation in jeopardy, right? Um, I believe there's already a five-star wide receiver that was slated to go to Alabama who decommitted when he found out about this. Now, that's that's the name of the game. Even if Saban was there, there's nothing to say that he wouldn't have decommitted if he got a better offer somewhere else, whether it's NIL or whether it's an opportunity to maybe start immediately and be an impact player right away, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, Nick Saban, um, he has decided to retire Now, why do we say that he's arguably the greatest college football coach of all time? Well, over his coaching head coaching career, which spans um, University of Toledo, Michigan State University, Louisiana State University, and of course, his last stop, University of Alabama, where he's been for the last 17 years. Nick Saban has amassed seven national championships, which is absolutely nuts, right? <laughs> I mean, you already know what it is. Um, he is one of the best to ever do it. I mean, he wins an absolutely absurd clip. And you know, he's just that good. Um, Saban is a guy who he's 72 years old and he has a, over his head coaching career record of 292, 71 and one insane, insane. Um, I think he's 209 and 29 at the university of Alabama, which again is nuts. I remember, um, when I was in the military, I was stationed overseas in Germany in 2009. I had just come back from um, serving a tour in Iraq. And we were watching on uh, Armed Forces Network. And Nick Saban was playing Urban Meyer, um, Alabama versus Florida, in the SEC championship game. And I remember that was Saban's first SEC championship. And that basically, you know, that set it all off, I think, in his time at Alabama, um, or his time total in the sec Saban has 11 sec championships. And of course the seven national championships. Like when you look at that, that's absolutely insane in 17 years at the university of Alabama, Nick Saban has six championships. That's slightly better rate than um, just under uh, well, that's one championship in just under every three years. Like who else could possibly claim that that is nuts. And I mean, just, I think where you got to give Saban credit early on, he won with game managing quarterbacks, a punishing ground game and a lockdown defense. And then later on, he moved off of that. He saw where offenses were going in college football. He started getting the impact playmaking quarterbacks. He started getting the elite wide receivers, still always kept the run game, still always kept a great defense, but a much more explosive offense. And now this year, he kind of moved back to that. And even though this year wasn't his best, He got his team to the uh, 14 playoff where they fell against eventual champion uh, Michigan in overtime in the semifinals in the Rose Bowl. Now, you you look at that and you say, man, it, it is really incredible what Saban has managed to do. I think over this period, he has, as a matter of fact, I know over this period at Alabama, he has 44 first round draft picks and 29 losses like who else can say something like that that doesn't even make sense to try and to try and break that down 44 first round draft picks and 29 losses that is crazy um so not only was Saban pumping out the wins he was also pumping out uh players to the NFL he made now don't get me wrong uh, guys were always getting to the league from Alabama you know Joe Namath on and on right but he made Alabama a, an NFL pipeline just year in, year out, sending guys on to the next level. You knew that if you wanted to play at the next level and you put in the work, you go play for Saban, it's going to happen. And not only that, he has a tremendous uh, coaching tree. I mean, some of the guys that, you know, came off his tree, just to name two, obviously Kirby Smart, who has built up a a very similar machine over there at Georgia and Dan Lanning, who is building up his machine at University of Oregon. Right. And so you look at all these guys and you say, Man, it, it really is something what Saban has been able to do. Now, you wonder why now? Why did he decide to retire now? He looks like a guy who, even though he's 72 years old, he's still got plenty of energy, he's still got plenty of passion for the game. And he does, but it's my it's my personal opinion that the changes in college football are what pushed Nick Saban out. And maybe we'll push out a lot of the old guard. And what do I mean by the changes? I mean, you've got NIL, uh, name, image, likeness, where guys pretty much can get paid to play ball now. And you also have uh, not just NIL, but you have the transfer portal, which also puts the guys in a situation where if they're not happy where they are, they can go into the transfer portal They can go to another school where maybe they'll get more playing time. Maybe they'll get along better with the coaches. Maybe they'll get a greater um, NIL opportunity and make more money. And all these things, um, you know, are things that Saban in a way, not directly, but in a roundabout way has spoken against over time and during the duration um, of the last few years, right? He definitely was not happy with that. Now it's my personal opinion that, Saban was in a situation where for many, many years, he was able to hoard the majority of the top talent in the country at the University of Alabama three and sometimes at some positions four deep. But you can't do that anymore with NIL and, um, you know, the transfer rules changing with uh, the transfer portal and all that. If guys are know they're talented and they know they're not that good, they're not going to sit for years and years, you know, for their first two years or maybe even their first three years waiting for an opportunity to get on the field, they're going to go somewhere where they can play right away. And also the way guys are using, not guys, but schools are using NIL, like, you know, even though you're not supposed to, they're saying, hey, come on over here. We got this NIL money for you. You know, hop in the portal. Come on over here. We got this money for you. and, um, And you'll be able to play. So can you blame guys who a lot of times are coming from less than ideal backgrounds to go and get the opportunity to get paid? right? You, you you can't blame him. Um, so that's a lot of what's happening now. And clearly Saban wasn't happy with that. And he's deciding maybe he steps away. I don't think there's anything you can do to tarnish his legacy, but step away um, before his dominance really fades, right? With, you know, again, the, the new way of doing things, the new order, so to speak, in college football. Now, I mentioned earlier, um, it's arguable, that he's the greatest college football coach of all time. Most people would say definitively, and I'm not mad at you if you do. And most people would say there's nobody who can come up and do that, right? But I've long made the argument that even though he's got less than half the championships at three, Urban Meyer is a guy who, if he decided to come back, because you know he would only come back for a big time job and one, one or two more, you could make the argument that he is the greatest coach in college football history, right? Because what Saban was able to do, and I don't know if this is easier or more difficult, What Saban was able to do was build up an absolute monster and an absolute machine at Alabama and keep it rolling. Urban Meyer has been able to have great success at three different stops, right? Utah. um, Then he got the job at Florida, won two championships there. Then he went to Ohio state, won a championship there. Now it's my firm belief that if Urban Meyer was to take a job at another big time program, he would win again. I think he's that good a college football coach and that good a recruiter. Now, at the same time, much like Sabin, he never had to deal with the current environment of college football, the transfer portal and the NIL, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that he's that good that he could deal with it. Um, Urban Meyer is a guy that Again, the reason I'm talking Urban Meyer here on Sabin Day is because I think that if you won another title or two, you could make the argument for greatest coach. Why? Because he would have been able to do it at multiple stops, right? I mean, not that Sabin didn't. He won the one at LSU, then he won the six at Bama. But if Urban Meyer was to win a title at a third school, And check this out. This is a stat I kind of like. Urban Meyer, as it stands right now, is the only coach in college football history to have 20 game win streaks at three different schools. Right. He did it at Utah. He did it at Florida. And then he did it at Ohio State. And I think there's something to be said for going to multiple programs, building them up and dominating there. Right. He's the only not player, the only coach that you can say did that. So if he was to go to another school, it's probably a fair assumption he'd have another 20-game win streak and he would probably at some point win another national championship. And that would really put him in contention with Sabin. And I think I think that would put him over the top. But again, that's nothing but speculation because Urban Meyer looks very, very comfortable where he is and Saban has done what he's done. And right now, he probably is far and away the best coach in history and the results prove it. Now, we'll see. Um, at, At this point, though, everyone else is so far behind. And I guess the next two guys you might possibly argue for in terms of maybe stepping up and possibly getting close to that mantle is Dabo Sweeney and Kirby Smart. Now, Dabo looks like the game may have passed him by in terms of the way they're doing things. He's not a big NIL guy. He's made that clear. He's not a transfer portal guy. He's made that clear. Kirby Smart has no such objections. Right. So Kirby Smart's got Georgia absolutely rolling. But again, that's those are things we could talk about another time. Right now, we're talking about the greatness of Nick Saban and him stepping away. And realistically, he has really changed the business of college football. Right. His dominance in the SEC and then really bringing the SEC to the forefront of college football and the forefront of college sports, really, because the amount of money that Alabama was able to bring to that conference and bring to its own school, not only spread out um, across football, it spread out across all the sports. And now you see the SEC dominating um in basketball consistently. So basketball and football and now baseball. And of course the SEC has always been outstanding in track. The SEC and the PAC 12 have been the two best track track and field conferences, but the SEC is dominating across all sports because of the money they've been able to earn from winning all these national championships at multiple schools. Right. And a big part of that, a huge part, again, is Saban with those six championships. Now between what, 2007 when Saban arrived at Alabama and today, You can't say it's only Alabama. Again, he's got six of those things, but Georgia's got two national championships. Florida's got two national championships. LSU, I want to say, has three national championships, and Auburn has a national championship. So this is the only conference you can say has five schools that have won national championships in football and that is incredible right it just means more that's what they say um and it is incredible it means a ton down here they love their college football they live it they breathe it y- you might even think it's all they have <laughs> but um no in all seriousness they're dominating in that sport and it's you know it's lending across to the other sports and i get it and all that is because of sabin right so you got to wonder if sabin hadn't been so dominant in college football early Does the rest of the SEC, well, outside of Florida, right? Because Florida won those two championships before Saban got there. But does the rest of the SEC, you know, pick up and follow suit the same way? I don't know. And then you look at the business and the way he runs a program that so many programs throughout the country have tried to emulate um, in terms of the scouting operations, the recruiting operations, having a general manager and all these things that college football never had before Saban set up his machine at Alabama. And like I mentioned earlier, you see Georgia and Kirby Smart and he's basically, you know, he worked under Saban and he is basically mimicking what Saban did. And he has built up a machine as well. Now, will, will that continue now that you've got the big 10 really expanding and bringing in some more powerhouse teams? Um, and so you have like, you know, the power two, obviously there's still power four conferences, but realistically it's the power two, right? It's the big 10 in the SEC. So with that, with the transfer portal kind of spreading out talent and NIL. And of course now an expanded 12 team playoff Saban probably figures he's stepping away just at the right time. His, uh, his uh, reputation, his legend, um, his legacy, all that is intact. And it's going to take a very long time for anyone to bypass him. And realistically, they may never because the way the game is now, it's going to be hard for one team to completely dominate. So at this point, we say, you know, goodbye and good night, Nick Saban. Um, I'm sure he's not going to go too far. He's probably going to end up on TV being a college football analyst, but not having him on the sideline is going to be very interesting. So before we get out of here, quick note, it's going to be interesting Um Like we talked about before, they don't have a lot of time to fill the head coaching vacancy in terms of trying to keep the recruiting going, because that's going to be huge. Um, So you got to wonder, you know, who is going to get that job? You know, you hear you've been hearing if you've been following this story, uh, all types of big name coaches, any any name of value, Jonathan Franklin, Dan Lanning, Dan Lanning already said that he's not leaving Oregon. Um, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, who's at Texas. I don't know why you leave Texas for Alabama especially to follow a guy as great as Nick Saban. I wouldn't do it. You know, Texas has more money for everything and it's Texas versus Alabama. I I wouldn't do it. Um, You're hearing Jonathan Franklin. You're hearing Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame's head coach. You're hearing Lane Kiffin. I mean, you're hearing all the names. So uh, Mike Norvell from Florida State. I'm going to be very, very interested to sit back, watch and see who takes this job over. But at the end of the day, if you follow sports, You always hear when a legend steps away, retires, gets cut, gets fired, whatever it is, you never want to be the guy that follows the guy. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that follows the guy, right? So you don't want to step into the shoes that Nick Saban left there. You want to step into the shoes of whoever follows Nick Saban, because invariably, whoever is the follow on to Nick Saban is not going to be able to do what he did. It's just, I mean, it's extremely unlikely. So you want to be the next guy. You come in with a breath of fresh air, a different set of expectations, and you go do your thing. But what I want to know from you is, is Nick Saban clearly the greatest college football coach of all time? Uh, Who do you think will follow on and be the next head coach of Alabama? How do you think uh, Saban's legacy shakes up? And what did he do uh, in your vision to uh, be a huge power player and shape? modern college football leave your comments in the comment section can't wait to hear from you we can't wait to get back to you and i'll be back next episode and i'm out peace